Seven minutes after 11 Central African time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahalanna wa sahalanna wa marahaban bikum. It's a beautiful morning here in Johannesburg. Arafat bin Ibrahim Hatia is the name. And of course, our beloved, respected, honorable Fadila Tulustad. Hazrat Malala Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein Hafidahullah is with me this morning from now till 12 ish, inshallah. The 13th of Ramadan, 1444, which is also the 5th of April, 2023. Our engineer this morning is Haji Suleiman Esop. He will be with me from now till 12, inshallah. Let's welcome the listeners of Sirius FM, Haji Faisal Asmal and company, and Hafiz Yusuf Asmal and uh, company. And let's welcome the listeners of Merkaz Sahaba. The voice of Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. Ustad, welcome to the Bliss of Marriage. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Ustad. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu fikum wa arafat. Jazakallahu khairan. Let's start off with uh, overseas. Is it the job of the husband to pay zakat on jewelry bought for the wife who is working, Ustad? بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد All praise due to Almighty Allah the sustainer, nourisher and cherisher of the universe Peace, blessings and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam we welcome the listeners of Sirius FM and Marqas Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Before I respond, there are a few announcements because sometimes people never heard it this morning. Number one is this. It has been proven conclusively that the zamzam that people are selling here in South Africa, 90% of it or more is fake. Remember that. I sent it out everywhere on all the groups, on Telegram and on, you must remember, on Twitter account. So remember that yesterday, Hazrat Mohan Ahmad Sadiq Desai, Hafidahullah, Allah reward him. He exposed this whole thing and MY trading. Those were the people who brought in all the Zamzam, seems like. So they also apologize for all this here. So anybody wants that article, you can just contact me, 071 So don't go buy the Zamzam and all, it's all fake, all these things here yeah, at the shops that you are seeing nowadays. 
So people just run schemes and so forth. So that's one. Today in South Africa, remember, is the 13th of... Today is 13th in South Africa, Ramadan. And in the world, 90% of the countries is the 14th. So why I'm mentioning this, I don't know how many of you observed the moon. This morning when we were going, yesterday after Maghrib, I looked at the moon when I was leaving Jami Masjid. And mashallah, you could see properly it's a full moon. And this morning, if you looked at it, subhanallah, when I was leaving from here for Fajr Salat, and then I come back, we do the program with Moana Arafat, mashallah. So we go and read Fajr Salat day in Masjid Muhajirin and Ansar. If you looked at the moon, it was really breathtaking, spectacular, magnificent. What a beautiful sight to see. 100% full moon. So 14th is the right date, remember that. But now we didn't see it in South Africa. So those of you who today 13th, there's no sin upon you. But those who are doing on 14th, inshallah, then we will fast like, you know, 30 days. And inshallah, Saturday will be Eid, inshallah, first of Shawwal. And the others will have 29 days. So it's just something to bring to your attention. You must notice all these things here. Then you will know that what's really happening. Third one is this, that you know what happened last night, day at Aqsa al-Mubarak, the Haramis, the terrorists, and children of Hitler. So remember, they wanted to, you will understand everything in its proper context, that they wanted to sacrifice their goat or sheep or whatever inside Aqsa. So obviously the Palestinians got wind of it and so forth. If we know, so obviously they know. So they went inside there and to protect Aqsa al-Mubarak and this does not be allowed. So alhamdulillah, the Jutlas, the Zionists, the Haramis could not do that. So now the police came in and so forth and the army and whoever. And you saw what they did. They desecrated the whole Masjid al-Aqsa. Let me just give you certain statistics then you will know that every door that is there, the big, big doors, I've been there five times, so we know what Allah said, alhamdulillah, there they damaged every door. Deliberately they did that. Second one is in Aqsa al-Mubarak, they have a medical facility. They destroyed that medical facility. And then hundreds of them, remember, they arrested, another hundred, they injured, and so forth, and so on. So these are the Haramis, remember this. But you see, who is to blame for all this? Anything you want to discuss, you must go right to the root cause. Let me just go back. It was a Saturday, 1994. And it was Saturday, Ramadan, 16th Ramadan in Aqsa, it was 15. I was in Newcastle. I will never forget that day. So I went there to game or somewhere to buy something. I was alone, I remember. And uh, I switched on the news, and they said that in Hebron, Khalilur Rahman, when Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salatu salam, when Nabi Ishaq alayhi salam, Nabi Yaqub alayhi salam are buried with their honorable spouses, that uh, Jewish, they didn't use the word terrorist, but a Jewish person came, and then he murdered and he killed. We say martyred, obviously. So 29 people, Baruch, Goldstein, killed them, murdered them, martyred them for the time, and shot them in their back, remember that. And all this, obviously, the police and the army all allowed this to happen. The others, remember, were injured, and the total death toll was martyred. There was about 70 people. Others succumbed to the injury and so forth. Then they murdered him and dispatched him to hell, alhamdulillah. So he is Baruch Goldstein. Now there's Ben Gwe, who you got Ben Gwe now, who is the Minister of Security and that. So his idol is Baruch Goldstein. Remember that. The more Palestinians you can kill, the more you can injure, the more beneficial he feels. That is how they will solve the problem. So Alhamdulillah, our Palestinians, they saw what happened there. What did the Muslim countries do? What did the Arab countries do? I'm asking you. Absolutely nothing. You must remember this. <laughs> so the Palestinians, they I've been there. I read Salah in 89, it's our masjid. I was there in 92. When we went after 94, this took place on 16th Ramadan, Saturday, 1994. When we went after that, the masjid is partitioned. 
So that is what the Palestinians are saying. We will never allow Aqsa to get partition. We will give our life with them, be ruin of Dikaya Aqsa. The children, our flowers of Palestine are saying, Khaybar, Khaybar, Ya Yahud, Inna Jaysham Muhammad Sofa Yahud. For this MBS of Saudi Arabia, La'anahullah, remember, is 100% murtad. MBZ of Dubai, Kuwait, of, of, of this thing of uh, Emirates, of Dubai and of uh, Abu Zabi, 100% murtad MBZ. These kings, all of them, remember those of Bahrain, of Morocco, Jordan, all murtad they are. And the leader of uh, Egypt, remember, he's Ibn al-Yahudiyah, his mother is a Jewess. These are all murtads. They are in a line. There they are there. They want to make peace treaty with Israel. And all these others who are dealing with Israel under the table and all that, you know. So they are not Muslims. Remember these people. That for them, Aqsa, all that means nothing. They are only interested in making money and so forth. They sold the deen. Remember that. Go and see the chaos that's going on in the Haramein Sharifain. That now to make Umrah, you must make an appointment. To go to Riyazul Jannah, you must make appointment. Is your father's haram you do all these things here. How many people are complaining and so forth? So all of you, because the Ummah, to be honest, my complaint to the Ummah is 90%, 80% don't even know what's going on. If you put a Jutla and you put a Muslim and discuss, most of the time the Jew will beat the Muslim. Because they read, they well equipped, then the Muslim has no emotions, that's all. We don't, you must remember, study academically what's really happening, what's in Aqsa, what's happening. So we should know all these type of things. And today is Wednesday. Please make special, special dua now also, and especially after Zohar. Read two rakat extra, read Surah Yasin. Allah Jalla Wala decimate, destroy. This Palestine issue. From 89-90, you must remember how many years, over 30 years. The first time when I went, then I realized what is happening, you must remember. <laughs> so we must be prepared to give our life for Aqsa. We must be prepared to protect the Sahaba. We must be prepared to not become part-time Muslims, you must remember that. Ramadan time, we want to, you must remember, become super Muslims. And 11 months of the year, we can't even read Fajr Salat or Asr Salat on time. So what good is that I'm asking you? Think properly which way. Life is very, very short. Okay, now we come to the question. So these were the three announcements I wanted to make. One about Zamzam, one about the moon, and one about Palestine and Aqsa and so forth. So anyway, you must remember this, that we will say, that let's take the case again of the question, the husband bought the jewelry and he gave it to the wife. So the wife is the owner now. When you buy something and you gave a gift to somebody else, that gifty, the recipient, must take it and no conditions must be attached. And if conditions are attached, that conditions are waved off, it falls away. So you are the owner, the lady, the wife of that jewelry. Now the question arises, we're speaking of gold jewelry, genuine gold and all that. So the question arises, is there a card on the jewelry or not? According to Shafi's, Maliki's, Hanbali's, majority scholars, there's no zakat on it. No on the husband, no on the wife. La zakat afil huli, they say. That is when the wife is using it. Even in a year, she uses it once, twice, thrice, four times is sufficient, and then there's no zakat on it. According to Hanafis, whether the lady is using it or not using it, in all cases, there will be zakat and two and a half percent. So how much gold you got, you go and weigh it, and then you multiply it times the gold currency, the the, the value of the gold, and mashallah, you get 100,000, so two and a half thousand rand zakat you have to pay. Now the question arises, who has to pay? So the wife has to pay, but now you must remember, sometimes the wife doesn't have cash and so forth. If she has cash, she must pay. But if she doesn't have that, she can pay in kind. She can give out the clothing. She can give out from the jewelry, an earring or a ring or something like that. So all that you can do.
But let's say, for example, she's very, like, you know, reluctant to do so. So remember that you, the husband, can tell her, you say, oh, honey, don't worry about the zakat, that I will pay it on your behalf. It's not compulsive on the husband, but as a generous gesture for your wife, you pay, there's no big deal and so forth. So remember, that also is permissible, but before paying it, you must inform your wife. And all you esteemed learners, listeners should know, when you pay zakat yesterday, Brother Suleiman Esop, he prepared the dua very nice. When you pay your zakat, then read the following dua. The hadith in Ibn Majah, Allahumma j'alha maghnama, O Almighty Allah, make it like the booty and spoils of war, meaning accept it and make it beneficial. Don't make it like a fine and a tax. You know we have to pay a fine or tax. Then we pay it very, very reluctantly. So zakat we give out willingly, lovingly, and sincerely. So that is the answer and response to that question. I see we've got an attorney. He says that Mufti Saab, I'm an attorney, but it's true, dear Mufti, Honorable Mufti AK. Our Arab countries are not bothered, including our ulama. It's a sad state. Ustad. Majority of Muslims, for them, life is only kana, pina, sona, bahana. That is what it is. Majority Muslims, you must remember that. So their life is only eating, drinking, sleeping, visiting the toilet, and relieving themselves. Enjoy yourself. And uh, and become part-time Muslim, you know. <laughs> Ramadan time fast, read 8 rakat, 10 rakat, taraweeh, sometimes read, don't read, all that. Allah is Ghafoorul Rahim and all that. Show me this Arab country. This Nabi Salam prophesies those days. Wailul lil Arab is Sahih authentic hadith in Sahih Muslim. Woe to the Arabs, remember. Particularly Mustafa Sallallahu pointed them out. Today you can see 90% of them total sellouts. You must remember that. On World Cup and all that, they will spend billions and billions on cinema. You know how many billions of dollars Saudi Arabia is investing in the cinema industry and so forth why because 2030 they want to host the world cup 2030 they want to host the expo and so forth and so on all boot licking of the west and america and europe and israel and so forth therefore be very clear i don't speak of the public but these rulers 90 percent 80 percent of them i sent it out today on my twitter account also that I said majority of these Arab leaders are traitors to Islam mm-hmm. and some of them are murtads and apostates as well. So 100% that is the sad truth. But remember the meaning of that is Ya Allah, to you we complain. Only you can help us, Ya Allah. And remember, but Muslim, if you study, you will know that it's always the small group that will win always eventually. Mm. Battle of Badr took place, Ramadan 313, and you see Abu Jahal and company, what, the thousand of them, and Allah Ta'ala gave victory to the Sahaba, the Badri Sahabi, and so forth. Second one, you see Taliban, who gave them any chance, any hope? This is in front of our eyes. So you must remember 48 countries and they took them on and said, come all of you. So you must remember that we have to show our devotion, dedication to Islam, irrespective people can criticize us, condemn us, whatever. We mustn't worry as long as we are doing things that are within the Sharia and not bootlicking and selling Islam. And remember today what you said, attorney Wakil Sab, that even the ulama is truth. Mm. I can't say all, but I say majority is scholars for dollars business. Just sell the deen, you must remember. Make this halal, make the Sharia compliant, make this. And what is your kickback? What is this? So it works like that today. So that is the sad, sad truth. Allah Ta'ala have mercy on us. So, Ustad, can Tarawi be read at home and the wife reads behind me? I really love a lot to start. So, you must remember that I'm doing that for the past 20 years or more. So, you must remember there's two, three things you must understand for this. Number one is this, that a person, first of all, for Isha Salat, you must go to the masjid. Not read Isha Salat at home. So, that's first thing. Second one is this, if you're a Hafiz, 
and then you read Salatul Taraweeh at home, so that's fine. Imam Abu Yusuf of the Hanafi said that is best. It's better for you to read at home your all 20 rakats and that than reading in a masjid behind the imam and all that because, yeah, you'll get the full reward that you read in the whole Quran. So, but you must read, not must that, you should be reading your Isha in the masjid. And the Shafi scholars also say that and so forth. So remember, if you, brother, that yeah, what love story, yeah. So you must love Allah Ta'ala the most. You must love Nabi Alayhi Salaam the most. Then you come to your wife and children and all. So anyway, if you're a Hafiz, then very good. Read Isha in the Masjid and then come there, read your Sunnahs there, come home. And then do, that's exactly what I do. And every night I'm here in the Khanka because the Salat time there is late compared to the other Masjids. It suits me fine. And then I come at home. And remember, but if you're not a Hafiz, then you must stay in the Masjid and read Salat there. So that, that is what you must do. You want to make Jamaat with your wife and all that, then Tahajjud time, make Jamaat with her. Remember that, wake up 2, 3 o'clock and read with her. So two people there, there's no problem with that. So Sad, what is the ruling on Tarawih Salah if a person is old and can't manage to read every day you started? You must ask yourself these two, three questions. If you are a male and now you're saying that you are old and so forth and so on and all that. So what happens? Do you go to shop? Do you go to job? Do you go shopping? All these things. Yeah? So how come then you're not old? Then you're not feeling tired and all this type of thing. If you are a masi, you're a kala, you're an auntie, old, you say. But tomorrow, somebody must have a sale, some, you understand, uh, supermarket or something. Nah, the butter is very cheap or the ghee is very cheap. Kala is in the first surf. So then, so then how all that works there? So when it comes to deen, then we say we're old, we're tired, we're sickly. But when it comes to the dunya, worldly matters, then we're active and we're running and we're so... So don't play with deen, remember that. That's a sign, you must remember, of hypocrisy. When they stand up for salat, they stand up lazily, Quran says. And why they come? They just show the people their face. And then they don't remember Allah, but little bit. Yes, if a person, remember, is really old, really sick, and so forth, then in different circumstances. But normally, people are just looking for bahana and excuses, and that is in the month of Ramadan, where we're supposed to be reading more, not reading less. Think about it properly. So, instead, if my parents' marriage is on the rocks, do I need to intervene, or should I just mind my own business to start it depends what your age is and what the, who you are. You are the son, you are the daughter, what you are. So my advice, if you are 17, 18, 20, 25, and all these kind of things, you know what is marital life. You know that your parents are married for 10, 20, 40, 50 years. So whatever the case is, so if you are a responsible person, go speak to your father individually, go speak to your mother individually, and tell them we are your children, you must marry, make this marriage work. Because Allah says, وَالسُّلْحُ خَيْرِ Reconciliation is the best. And that is what you are supposed to do. So remember that, that you must intervene. Then, and, and tell your siblings, your brothers, sisters, also they must speak to them and so forth. Tell them that that will be the saddest day in your life if your father has to divorce your mother and so forth and so on. So that is how you have to speak to them, but speak to them with respect. Not you start swearing and shouting at them. That's unacceptable. And speak to mother also. And you are in the house. You know who's more at fault whether the father is having an affair or the father doesn't read salat or the father has bad friends and bad habits or it is the wife that's a problem that forever she's back answering, forever she's complaining, she's not showing any gratitude and so forth or she doesn't read the salat and so You will know that. So you have to tell them that, see, these are the things that causes all these problems. Quran showed us the golden recipe Verily, the people who have true Iman and they do righteous deeds continuously, the 
that remember Allah who is Rahman, very, very gracious, He will bring the love. So, but we want the love to come without actions or with vices. Sit with the TV, sit with the internet, sit with the mobile, all that. Namaz time come, namaz time go. Kisi ko Not bothered at all. So what you expect then? So you must want Fajr Salat. I just give you two examples. You must want Fajr Salat. People must sing Fajr Salat now. You know, I can't understand this. I receive questions from where and where. He say, no, I overslept. I woke up 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. One chap told me I woke up all the time. You know, so, so you must remember. That. I can show you all these messages coming. So you must remember this, that people do. So Hadith Bukhari Sharif, Bala Shaitanu Fi Udunay. The Shaitan, he urinates in your ears. And if you read Fajr Salat on time, not only Ramadan throughout the year, you read Fajr Salat properly, the men were Jamaat in the Masjid and so forth. And remember, you're under divine protection. Open the Hamishkar Mustad Ahmad, it's authentic hadith. When Fatatu Salatul Asri, Fakaannama Hutira Ahaluhu Amalu. Imagine you go home, your house, your shop, everything burnt, finished, your children all shot dead, wife, everybody. Habibuna sallallahu hadith in Tirmidhi, Ibn Majah, various <coughs> compilations. A person must fajr salat. So then his example is like one who has lost all his wealth and all his children and family. So that is one salat. And we must sing every day. And we become accustomed to it. Remember that. So ma salakakum fi saqar qalu lamnakum min al-musallin. What made you walk straight into Jahannam and the hellfire? So you must remember it is this. So they never read Salah. So you, the son, the daughter, first among yourself. So have a strategy, unity of thought. How are we going to handle the situation? Then one by one, go speak to your mother, go speak to your father individually, and then you can speak to them collectively and tell them that they must forgive one another. Father must not say, well, mother, wife is wrong. Wife must not say, husband is wrong. Starting point must be, we both are wrong. And now we both have weaknesses, so let us address and redress that and then move forward. Don't look backwards. You did this, you did this, then again the whole thing will start. Me, me, tu, tu, me, me, tu, tu. I did this, you did this. So then, and tahajjud time, sehri time, cry to Allah, iftar time. Dua is a great, great mm. weapon Allah gave us. Allahu Akbar. So can my wife read salah on, the, on my behalf, Ustad? How can she read salat on your behalf? So what are you doing then? So la yuswalli ahadun an ahadin. So no one can read salat on behalf of another person. And you don't read salat, you go straight jahannam. Remember, that's what Quran says. I just read the verse for you now in Surah Muddathir. Ma salakakum fi saqar. What made you walk into jahannam? Qalu lam nakum muswallin. So why you don't tell your wife she must eat for you, she must go to the toilet for you, everything she must do for you? <laughs> Simple, so this uh, use common sense, you know. Today, common sense is no more common, you know. Listen to the song, Mustad. So, is it, is it permissible to fry samosas with your wife in the kitchen? Please elaborate. I don't want her to burn, I'd rather burn, but not her, your beloved Usama. Ustad, beloved Usama, so what you say when you are at work, so your wife don't cook at all. So, only when you come back, then only she's no cook. That's what you're saying, right? And say, for example, you have to go out for Jumma, you have to go out somewhere, you go to some work, weekend or whatever. So your wife is not going to cook. So obviously, that what was your wife doing before she was married to you? So she never made one samosa in her life. So that's what you're trying to say. So brother, don't come with all, you know, funny, cricket, exaggerated questions and so forth. So for you to help her when you have the time, very good. But don't come and say that, no, that I must help her, otherwise she will get burnt and all these type of things here. So then it means that she can't make one samosa if you're not there. You see how foolish that will be. Mm. So you need to understand these things properly. Yeah. So what she's going to do the whole day? Just play with the phone and look at the movies and all these things here. Yeah. So tell her she must wear protective clothing so she won't get burnt, inshallah. I mean, I mean, I mean, so I mean. I see, I just see my
He's asking that you must remind the listeners he's looking for a partner, inshallah, Ustad. Wow, he wants also somebody can make for him three hukulikis. <laughs> so you must remember, our Suleiman Isof is 37 years old. So, mashallah, 36, 37. So, Islamic did 37, and then English 36, mashallah. And he was born in Ramadan, he told me yesterday. So, mashallah, I also was born in Ramadan with Allah's help. So, at least we got something in common. And remember that Hazrat Sheikh, I see Hazrat Sheikh Nawarallah, yesterday I was reading something. He also was born in Ramadan. Hazrat Sheikh Muhammad Zakaria Nawarallah. So anyway, you must remember that he's looking for a wife, but he's got two sons and mashallah, 10, 11 years old or so. And he's living with his mother. Father passed away. Allah give him and all the marhumin jannatul. Amin, 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 tumma, amin. Well, it's 27 minutes to 12. Well, let's go for an interval and we'll come back, inshallah. We will continue what the bliss of marriage. Don't go away. Stay tuned. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. 23 minutes to 12. It's a beautiful morning here in Johannesburg. Somebody says, Ustad, if you give someone zakat money and she buys a cell phone worth that money, is it right, Ustad? Remember that, let me explain to you two, three, four issues here. When you give zakat, the aim is to purify yourself first and foremost. Zakat means purification. Zakat means numu, growth. So when you give zakat, the love for all Allah must increase and the love for wealth must decrease. That is why we are so great, ungrateful to all Allah. Innal insana li rabbihi lakanut. Chapter 100, Surah Wal-Adiyat, verses 6, 7, and 8. Verily, this human being is very, very ungrateful to Almighty Allah. And he bears testimony to it. The more Allah gives us, the more vices we commit. Why? In most cases, you can buy the police, you can buy the judge, you can buy the Mawlana, you can buy the Mufti Sahib, you can buy Qari Sahib, you can buy Hafiz Sahib. 90%, 80% politicians you can buy off. You know what's happening. So, now what is the reason for it? Because this human being is madly, intensely in love with this wealth of his. So zakat came for that purpose primarily. Secondary, to empower people, the poor, the needy, the destitute. And all Allah mentions in chapter 9, Surah Tawbah, verse 60, the eight different categories of people entitled to receive zakat. So that is in its place. Now when we give zakat, it must not be a fine and a tax and a burden. Willingly, lovingly, we must give it out. And remember what he or she does in their business. You can't make conditions. They buy cell phone, they buy clothing, they go here and there. So that is finished now. You give a gift. So you are present. I gave Mohana Arafat this watch, for example, or this phone or whatever, a book or whatever. So remember, this is what I want to show you. When it comes to zakat, it comes to sadaqah and all that, all these things you can't make condition. Gift also you can't make condition. But remember this one big difference. When you want to pay your zakat, when you pay your sadaqah, sadaqatul fitr and all that, so the aim there is that you are pleasing Almighty Allah and you're doing it for the reward and so forth. And when you're giving a gift, there the major component is what? To please that person there. You Why? Because you want your friendship to grow. You want to remove the misunderstandings. Therefore, Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Hadith in Behaki, Tahabu, give gifts to one another, and that will generate mutual love. For in that when you give hadiyah and give, it removes the malice, rancor, hatred. So to understand it in other terms, when you give a gift, the hukukul ibad is ghalib, is predominant. When you are giving zakat, fidya, uh, fidya, fitra, all that, hukukullah, the rights of Almighty Allah are predominant. So that is how, and in all these cases, you can't make any conditions. Somebody says, Ustad, uh, is, it, is it a son uh, that cannot tell my wife 
I, do, I cannot tell my wife about my second wife. I don't see anything wrong. And I did an halal act. And no alim will tell me I must tell my first wife. I have Allah in my heart. Ustad, wassalam. You've asked the question, you gave the answer and everything and all that. It's like that person, day in Makkah, one day he ate the chicken, everything. After that, then he asked me, I halal che. I said, Baji, tame khali do, paji tame pucho. So you must leave the whole chicken, you cleaned up and everything. Then you ask him, is halal and that. Brother, you don't act too clever and all that when you don't understand Sharia. So number one is this. When you want to take a second wife, third wife, fourth wife, whatever the case is, Quran Sharif addresses this issue in Surah 4, verse number 3. If you cannot do justice, then remember that one wife only. So I'm asking you, tomorrow you drop dead, right? So now your wife is there, your first wife, your children are there, all that. The second one, I'll call her your girlfriend, your mistress, your spay wheel. You understand? She rocks up there and pitches up and says, Hey, me, I want my share of inheritance and all these things. See, here's a nikah certificate. Is right what you're doing. I'm asking you. <laughs> Allah says, when you don't give the heirs their shares, you go straight to Jahannam. Surah number 4, verse 14. Obviously, you have to tell her how you're going to do the justice and all that. How are you going to draw up your will and all these type of things here? You tell me, tell me you got Allah in your heart. That's what Allah is telling you. <laughs> so you must remember, don't come with your tricks and all that. With your secret nikah business. Secret nikah is not permissible. You're living in sin. Remember that Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, La nikaha illa bi waliyin. The girl you get married to, she must be happy and pleased. Her father has to give permission, provided he's Muslim. Her grandfather, paternal grandfather, Dada, if the father is not there, he must give permission. They not there, then the brother must give permission. Her brother, if he's not there, then the uncle, the chacha, the kaka has to give permission. Otherwise, your nikah is not even valid. <laughs> so therefore, I'm telling you, that's what you did most probably, that you want to play clandestine activities, meet the <laughs> year, meet the day in the hotel. and You think that is Islam. That the kuffar Shias do all these things here. <laughs> that with the muta and prostitution. Uh, I give you two books of Khomeini. Khomeini writes, and I have both. So you must remember in Tawdihul Masai, he writes, you can make muta prostitution for one hour. In Zubdatul Ahkam, he writes that after the muta and during muta, wala tawarutha there's no inheritance and all that. So I'm posing this question to you, brother, that in your world, will your second wife be there or not? Well, she won't be there because you keep everything secret. So now what happens to you? You go straight to Jahannam, Quran says. And are you doing justice? You're not doing justice. So absolutely haram it is. <laughs> so don't fool yourself, brother. You're living in sin. If the girl's father and family and them don't know, and every day you're committing zina, that is what Islam teaches us. <laughs> he said he went to the board of ulama and they said that he did, he did an halal act. Ustad. Remember, we're not interested in board of ulama and that answer all these questions from Quran that I'm giving you and from the sunnah that is authentic. Mm. But, uh, uh, sister says, is it permissible for a woman to put hair extensions for another lady, not with human hair, and put nail polish, nail extensions, or gel, etc., for others? Ustad. All haram and your income also is haram. To put nail extensions, nowadays they got that what? This year by the eyes, you must remember the eyelashes, extension eyelashes, extension nails, extension hair, wig and all these type of things, all haram, all these things here. Why is haram? Go to know surah number 4, verse 119. When the Satan Lucifer was expelled from Jannah and Paradise, then he took various oaths, various qasam he took, you must remember that. And when he took various oaths, then what he said? that I will go and command them and they will do their things to change the creation of Almighty Allah. So you must remember Surah number 4 and verse number 119. So you can read it there, you see it yourself. So now let's take each one. 
Now you want to put extension here and so forth. Authentic hadith in Muslim Sharif. The person who does that, you put extensions and all that, and the one on whom it is done. So both are cursed by Allah. Why people do it? They want to imitate fashion. Why people do it? They want to imitate the kafirat, the non-Muslim culture. Why people do it? You must remember that, to impress the husband and so forth. So so you can't be trampling on the Sharia and saying that no, I'm doing for my husband and so forth. La There is no obedience to any creation when it leads to a sin against the Creator. It's authentic hadith in Mishkat Sharif. You make your legs, your, your nails so long, long, long like this. So more than 40 days you don't cut your hair, so you must remember, then you are cursed by Allah Ta'ala. <laughs> and if it's not your own nails and you're putting now artificial and whatever, today people want to become artificial you know AI artificial intelligence so now what they do so they have nails also become artificial the hair also become artificial their brains also become artificial so you must remember that and so the, and what is the other one one was the nail one was the hair and one was some other thing also anyway so eyelashes and all that so all this haram no no place in Islam for all that <laughs> And remember, you're going to have big problem regarding hudu and nail polish. That's the one. Mm, nail, polish. No, nail polish. You must haram that. So your hudu is not valid. Your salat is not valid. Your gusal is not valid. When you apply all this, you must remember this nail polish and what and what and that. The water don't go through. In 99% of the cases, the some women, they see, they want to short circuit. They say, no. I don't apply nail polish when I'm tahira, when I'm clean. Hmm. When I'm haiza in my menses, then I apply. I say, still is haram, it's not permissible. Say, why? I say, if you die, then in that case there, then what you want? They must come with a file there to file all your nail polish out. No, it's not permissible. So they'll give you a gusel, but that gusel is not done properly. You see the consequences, ramifications of all these things. What is sunnah, we abandon. Islam told the women, you must apply henna, you must apply mendi. That is not only permissible, it's sunnah. Remember that. But that what is sunnah, I say, no, 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 leave that. And what is haram, that it attracts us. You must remember that. Mm. The Satan, Lucifer, comes and he adorns and embellishes and purifies all these vices and so forth. Subhanallah, subhanallah, subhanallah. So, Ustad, uh, is it permissible to wax another lady for her husband, Ustad? Totally haram. You can lose your iman, you do all these funny things. You understand the question, what she's saying? The question is this. You know, I never understood this question because human things sometimes we don't understand. So, when this woman, they said that I want to go for a wax by the other lady, so I, I just, just explain this thing to me. Mm. He said, no, we call this bikini wax. Listen carefully. Mm. We call it bikini wax. So I say, what you mean? He say, no, my private everything, you must remember, the other lady will wax me. You mm. understand? Mm. So that they call bikini wax. And some of them will tell you, Ijaiz. you say that Ijaiz, you out of the fall of Islam. So you must absolute haram thing. There's no haya, there's no shame, there's no... What you doing the whole day? You can't clean yourself. So you must remember these things here. No, another lady must clean me. Give me a bikini wax and this wax and all these type of things. So you must remember it's absolutely haram. You ladies must understand these things here properly. <laughs> lady to lady, what is the minimum portion that must be covered? From above the breast, the bosom, to below the knees. That must be covered. There's minimum, minimum. Okay? You're going for cupping. Example. Just I give you example. Today is what? 14th in most countries and 13th in South Africa. On the 17th, 19th, 21st, you want to go for cupping. 
Ramadan time, we don't advise cupping because Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal said the fast breaks also. Majority scholars, Shafi'is, Hanafis, Maliki say the fast is valid, but is not desirable because you are hungry, you are weak, and so forth, and now you're going to remove blood, extract blood, you'll get weaker also. So it is, your fast is valid, but it's not desirable to do that. So it is just also another masla, the cupping masla. So now you go and you go and remove all your clothes and tell that lady do cupping for me. Since when that is halal? It's not a something that is emergency. It's not the operation or something. So cupping can be done many places, you must remember. So you ladies must know from above the breast and bosom to below the knees is not permissible to expose to another lady. Now take this lady. The question. Mm-hmm. She says, I want to go to another lady for waxing. So what they will do, they want to wax the thigh. Is that permissible? Another lady does it. It's haram. <laughs> Why is haram? <laughs> so you must remember the thigh is part of the aura. So you can't do that. And private and that your common sense can tell you all these kind of things here. So yes, if the portion below your knees and all that, so it's permissible. But I'm asking you the other question. Why show me one reason? From time immemorial, we have, we have mothers, we have grandmothers, we have great-grandmothers. They all did it themselves. But the new generation came. The artificial intelligence generation came. So they want to move it up. No. We can't do it. We need somebody else to do it. So you read there, you become cold. They get all the clothes off and that lady must give her a wax. You lose your iman if you say it's permissible. You must remember these type of things here. Absolutely haram and shameless, only immoral ladies. That's why sometimes when Moana is, they say, uses the words, I have to agree with him, you know. That people say very harsh and all that. What can you call a lady like this? In Quranic terminology, they call khabitha. So you must, you must remember that. That's what the Quranic terminology is. Al-Khabitha to lil That they have become Khabitha, immoral and people with no haya, no shame, nothing. So think ittaqillah, fear almighty Allah. Totally haram it is. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Let's go to Cape Town, Mustad. Mufti Sab, what if I want to get a breast implant to please my husband? According to our Imam, he says it is permissible. Mustad? Yeah, Imam will say, Allah says, Here, the Imam and cook sister, and then Allah says, So you must remember, it's not permissible, all these things here. Didn't I read the Quranic verse for you? So you must remember that Surah 4, verse 119. So Allah Ta'ala created you. He created you, the best what is for you. Tomorrow he will say, I don't like your eyes. So now you must wear red contact lenses. Your eyes are brown, now wear green contact lenses. <laughs> Tomorrow he will tell you, I don't like this. You must change this, you must change this. So wait, will stop. So you must remember that. So all this are the waswasa and whisperings of shaitan, you must remember. I ask you, sister, from Kapstadt, right? One question, you must answer me <laughs> properly and be honest. You say you want to go for the breast implant, whatever you want to call it, you understand, for your husband. But when you're going to walk there in Canal Walk, when you're going to walk there in Burkup and all these kind of things, how many other men will be looking at you? Mm. Don't understand? So because now you're normal, a normal woman, you're a superwoman. You see, <laughs> you see that? First time you meet sister. See, you know what more think, Munikom from I say the Imam the Imam Sal Allah say you must remember that. So you just give them some money, give them cook sister Danas Allah. So you must remember this. We have to speak Quran. We have to speak Sunnah. We have to speak what the Sahaba's verdicts are. We have to speak what the four schools say. We don't want fairy tales in our deen. I'm asking you allow for one, where you will stop. And this got nothing to do, it's not the operation. You have met up Allah for birth, Allah for birth. You met up in an oper- in an accident, and then your breast got badly, badly damaged and all that. Mm-hmm. Allah for birth. It happens sometimes. Then you have to go. So that's a different issue. Yeah, there's nothing wrong. 
You just want to go because your husband says so. Why your husband is saying this? He's watching too much Hollywood and Bollywood and Robin Hood and Tiger Hood. Too many shaitans in his mm. house. They must remember that. So he wants to fantasize when he's sleeping with you of those ladies there. You see, Donald Trump, mm. he brought a big storm around him. So your husband also is bringing too many storms there. Tell him all these movies and that are haram, so therefore he must get out of that. So this is Kasi, except for me, Imam Say, Ustad. Say for your Imam Say, say, A.K. Hetkase, Surah 4, verse 119. That is not permissible. Somebody says, Ustad, my husband sells oud and perfume. He wants to use a hadith whereby Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam never refused the gift of perfume. Is this permissible to use a hadith to promote the, his business? Ustad. He wants to use the Quran, he wants to use the hadith just for money making. That's not permissible. It's like our people, here in our masjids, I told them you must take all these things out. You must remember that Hajj time come, Ramadan time come, then you see the travel agents, they bring their uh, adverts and they put it there on the masjid board and all these type of things. Mm. Since when your business and advertising like that is permissible there, and then some of them will put the Quranic verse or the Hadith and all that, is not permissible there. Don't sell the deen of Allah in exchange of some meager amount you're going to get and so forth. You're playing with the deen and all that. Our deen is yu'minuna bil ghayb. You must believe in the unseen, not yu'minuna bil jayb. You use the deen to fill your pocket. So that is not Islam. Allah Akbar, subhanallah, subhanallah. Uh, there was another question, Ustad. Uh, it says here, yeah, Mufti Sab, in the marriage dua, is it for males and females? As I see, all the translation mentions wives only, Ustad. No, it's wrong that all the translation that is like that is incorrect. The sister is referring to Surah 25, verse 74. Surah Furqan, right in the ending. You don't understand Surah number and, you know, verse number. So go to the ending of the first quarter of the 19 Supara, 19 Jews. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata a'yun. O Almighty Allah, Jalla Allah, grant us such spouses. That's the translation. Grant us such progeny and children. So, see, Allah Ta'ala uses the word for Sayyidah Hawa, Allah Ta'ala created for you your spouses. For Sayyidah Hawa, you see? So remember the word zoj is used for both. It's a neutral term. So you say zoj and zoja. But if you say zoj and applies to both also, azwaj applies to both. So both parties must make the dua. Both parties must read the Asma'ullah al-Husna, the 99 beautiful names of Allah, and read Ya Wadudu, Ya Wadudu, Ya Wadud, then your husband will be very happy with you, sister, and then he will tell you without you asking, honey, take this money, inshallah, you see. So you keep on making dua, and on Wednesday, today, especially after the last question. Somebody says that, 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 that what it says, that Captain scarves, C-H-I-F-F-O-N, and that hump ladies are wearing, is it acceptable, Ustad? Totally haram it is. Hadith in Sahih Muslim, open kitabul libas was zina, the chapter on clothing and beautification. Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Sinfani min ahlin nar walam arahuma, two groups of people land up in Jahannam, but I did not see them, meaning they were not prevalent those days. One as the men, they have the whoop and they lash people with that whoop and so forth, making zulam and oppressing people. Second group are the ladies, women who think that they are dressed, but they are naked in the year after because it's see-through, it's so short and so forth and so on. And on their head, you must remember, 
They have the big, big hump of the camel. So, the, so Nabi Alayhis, and then in front it goes on, my ilatun mumilat. Why they do that? They want to entice the men, you see? They want the men must be attracted to them. So Nabi Alayhis Salam in the ending mentioned, lam yajidna raihatul jannah, never mind jannah, even the fragrance of jannah they will not get. So remember totally haram it is. Make dua for us and the ummah at large. Barakallahu feek. وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته. Marcus Sahaba Online Radio. Empowering the Ummah.